we were born to make you happy, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Bet365. It's great to have you with us. My name's Marcus Spiller. That guy over there is Jim Campbell. Hello. That guy over there is Luke Moore. All right. And that guy very close to us all, it's Pete Donaldson. Close to your hearts. everybody football ramble time football has been happening we're going to talk about it eh mm. seems like a formula that's worked well for us in the yeah. past why change it now <laughs> well mm. a new award that i'd like to give out which is called the biggest banner of the week award went to the <laughs> newcastle united fans this week the bbw which i think might be a sexual term for a larger lady <laughs> mm. so quick to go to those yeah, yeah. <laughs> again it's the formula works though lit- literally Pete. the first time i go on on my internet explorer no oh, every time someone tries to categorize something it doesn't need to be mm. related to that no no, and, I mean, it doesn't need to be. No, and you news. use Internet Explorer. Yeah, oh, it's called Edge now, isn't it? No, oh, is I wouldn't. I'm a Chrome man. Yeah, I am too. Mm. I am too. Cool. What a whopper it was, though. <laughs> hey? It was. Uh, it was fantastically <laughs> large. Wait, wait, and, wait. and I think they're cornering the market on something that not a lot of people do. Well, Everton in did England it as well. Anyway. For yeah. Seamus Coleman, didn't they? They had a welcome back kind of banner. Uh-huh. Uh, Ashley will start selling those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many paragraphs was it? Because that Newcastle one was like an essay. Mm. Yeah, he'll roll it up and start yeah, selling them in those giant. <laughs> no, they were very different. I, I don't think there's actually a public record of, of Keegan actually saying that uh, quote, which is quite interesting. Right. It, was just, it was just some like sitting, uh, well, sitting like a talking uh, with him, and I think maybe because I can't remember, but uh, reportedly that's what he said. Is it the mm. one that starts? He's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there we go. Hey, while we're on the subject of Newcastle United, Mitrovic is gone. I yeah. know. But well, you and I are off to see Fulham, baby, aren't I'm we? I'm going to watch Fulham a lot more. I was like, oh, that's that's the best of a bad situation. Yeah. He's listened to the cries of your heart. <laughs> you're, you're the, you are the future of football there because you'll be sat in that neutral end with someone going, who are you supporting? And you'll be going, Mitrovic. Yeah. <laughs> supporting an individual Serbian player. Serbian Shearer. Yeah. <laughs> the Serbian Shearer. Yeah, I mean, at one point, about three Sounds clubs. Like a barber. Indeed, about one point, about three clubs thought they'd sign Mitrovic. Well, there's a reason for that, because he's blooming brilliant. He travelled around the place, didn't he? He did. Was he on a private jet? Yeah. He was getting on a private jet, and he was like uh, was in Belgium pro- or proper like, laughing and joking with whoever it was. It's oh. such, he's a joy to, to see. Yeah. His, carbon, his carbon footprint must be massive. <laughs> what all he lacks is a bit of professionality. 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 Yeah. Well, I, well that's, the, that's the problem with Rafa. He likes players who he can trust. And the, fun, uh, and the bad thing about that is it's not much fun. No, that's, that's true. Why, exactly. That's why Shell doesn't play quite as much as he could mm. do. Aww. And that's why they were dreadful yesterday. Didn't lose, though. No. <laughs> and Kennedy looked good. Kennedy did look good. Kennedy looked like uh, he slotted in beautifully. But the thing is, like that, Rafa wanted that player two years ago. He wanted um, Slimani two years ago. Well, they've got him just, now. Yeah. yeah. On lawn until yeah. the end of the season. I like, I like and the one, with and no one's buying injured. clause and like, one's injured. I like the way that it takes Newcastle weeks and the weeks to not sign, sign someone permanently. <laughs> Mitch Rich, do that in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Get him yeah. out the door. Yeah. No yeah. problem. <laughs> We're selling to three clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is on loan, though. So, on loan. so out, Rolando Aarons, Jack Colback, Mitrovic, Xavier, uh, Sterry and Woodman, all out on lawn. Uh, and we've brought in a keeper, uh, a ch- another Chelsea Loney and uh, Islam Slamani, who's injured. Yeah. But I think both Kennedy Quite and... Quite simply, dreadful business, Jim. Both Kennedy and Slimani improve you, though. They do, yeah. They look like one of the better players on the pitch. Where's Jack gone? He's on the forest. They just really wanted him off that way. Yeah, he's, apparently yeah. he was quite a high earner, so mm. they need to move him on. Yeah, he's mm. he's 
dipped in form, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. He's jumped right in the deep end of the form pool. Yeah. What a great shame. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on uh, from from that chat to uh, Tottenham Hotspur. They had a great win against mm. Manchester United. They played very well. Eriksen scored the fastest goal, third fastest goal, sorry, in the Premier League's history. And mm. if you watch that, I like the way Spurs were lining up at the kickoff. When I watched the highlights, I thought to myself. Look at the way that they're doing that. And then, of course, the launch it to the fullback. Yeah. And, it, and it works. Sometimes long ball tactics work, people. And Mourinho was fuming because he made it clear afterwards that he's, he, he essentially knew that they were going to do that. And he <laughs> briefed his team to not let them do that. And yeah. they let and them they do still that. Did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was at the game and um, I thought Spurs were absolutely fantastic. I mean, they weren't only brilliant. They made United look terrible. I, mm. I, I think that's probably the performance of the season from Spurs. Manchester United still created chances, though. They did. It, there was they... there was never a feeling. Look, I haven't seen it back. I haven't watched it on TV or anything like that. So I don't know. Um, I don't really know how it looked on TV. But from where I was sat, um, there was never any real fear that Spurs weren't in total control of the game. I, mm. I thought I thought it was their best performance at Wembley this season. When um, I thought it was better than the Real Madrid performance. When when Eriksen scored, could you see Alexis Sanchez's face? That was that was quite fun. Well, the problem from is the TV. Yeah, I, I, I was I'm, way. I'm, I'm kind of invested in it, but I, I, and I am too actually. But I was too far away um, from to be able to see his face, which is a bit of a shame. And also, um, while I I don't know if this is a criticism of Spurs or Wembley because I can't I haven't looked into who's in charge of it, but um, I didn't actually get in in time for the Christian Eriksen goal because despite being outside the stadium half an hour before kickoff, they couldn't get us in the stadium. Oh. And, and you know and and. Yeah, hilarious. But that, that sort of stuff. I, I missed the goal. Was the VIP door a bit? No, no. Sure. <laughs> you, well, you, look, like I say, you, it's, you can make a joke about it, but genuinely, that had a, a reasonable chance of going quite wrong quite quickly. Mm. There was hundreds of people outside every exit entrance that I could see, and they, could, they didn't have enough staff to process people. And there were people there getting a lot more angry than I was, because I'm obviously not a Spurs fan, saying that mm-hmm. I've paid an extortionate amount to get into this stadium every game. I've been in half an hour, and I still can't get in. They, they couldn't get people in. There, were, strange. Pe- there were people arriving... Um, people who have arrived well in time, arriving and getting to their seat 20, 25 minutes after kickoff. Think of the money That's you absurd. pay. It's a disgrace. But anyway, Spurs on the pitch were, were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Vertonghen was brilliant. Dembele was brilliant. It was really great to see from that, I was quite high up, to see from that angle exactly how Spurs approach games. And, and they snapped into every tackle. They made it very difficult for Sanchez. He couldn't mm. get into the game. He, he, it wasn't like he didn't fancy it. It's just that they were so aggressive and so on the front foot. And <clears throat> there's certain teams around the top of the Premier League I would say Arsenal, Man United, maybe one or two others, who you don't really know what type of team they are. Mm. But you, you never have any doubt what type of team Spurs are. And, and I thought it was a fantastic performance. And mm. I thought it was brilliant. If there's any consolation, yourself and the, uh, the frustrated thousands, I, I'm mm. guessing, uh, who couldn't get into the ground early, you all made history because it was the, uh, the, the biggest attendance for a Premier League game. Yeah, it was, like 81, 000. 000. yeah it, was, it was. It was. Yeah. It was actually quite a good atmosphere in there. Yeah. Was it? Was that why? Because mm. it was just so much more. And, and also, I guess you're usually going to see England at that particular. Uh, stadium. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, you, yeah. You don't, you're not really clamouring to get into that, are you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it was England, trying to get out, oh, if you get in. That's the if biggest it, if problem. If it was England friendly, I'd be much more relaxed. But <laughs> the, the, the problem seemed to be, you know, you use your barcode to scan it to go in automatically. Right. There weren't enough staff to to work out that if the barcode hadn't worked, because they're opening that that, that stadium up. Hence the record attendance. They're mm. opening that stadium up to a lot of people who maybe don't go to Spurs every week, right. don't go to Wembley every week. Yeah. So if they go to the wrong gate or the wrong turnstile, or whatever, because maybe they're on holiday, they don't speak English very well, whatever. Mm. If if the if the ticket doesn't work, there's no one there to tell them. Yeah, so right. they just stand there, keep I, doing it over I, and right. over They've again. They've been playing there all season. This doesn't seem to have been a problem. I've been to see Spurs at Wembley. I, it, this is obviously a one-off for whatever it is. 
Um, and it's a great shame, but, mm. but, the, but the game did happen. And uh, Alexis Sanchez's debut um, didn't go according it, to plan. It didn't. His face looked, it seemed to say, oh God, this again. Is, is, it, is it a red kit that's the problem? Will, will this just keep happening to me? Uh, but he's obviously going to take some time to find his feet and I, I have no doubt that it will be a success there. Um, but he but, can be a frustrating player, Jim. Oh, well, he's, he can give the ball away by kind of playing, playing too quickly, if that makes sense. He's so eager to play on the front foot and just get things moving mm. that sometimes he doesn't actually think too much about the pass he's making and will give mm. the ball away. But that is a minor gripe of, over what is an absolute Rolls-Royce of a player. I, th- I think it's sort of gone under the radar a little bit how good Spurs have been, particularly at home this season. I, I looked it up today. They haven't lost at home in the league since the 20th of August. Mm-hmm. They've been very, very good. Um, very different to their farm last season. <laughs> no, the, the last season they were, they were good as well. But they're superb at home. Yeah, they? Well, they, they took a while to get going. I think maybe Pete's mentioned in there mm. because w- people were joking, weren't they, at the start of the season about the, the teething problems at Wembley. Mm. But they seem to have found their feet now. Yeah. Oh, big time. Uh, they, were, they were just relentlessly intense, like hunting impacts. Yeah. Mm. The first, um, after I actually got into the ground, the first sort of 20 or so minutes I saw, I was thinking, there's no way they'll be able to keep this up. They cannot keep this up against Man United. No way. But they could. And I understand that United have chances, had chances. But um, I thought they could just totally dominate the game. And Harry Kane was superb. He wasn't even in the top three best Spurs players. He was absolutely superb. And the way he was able, he didn't have his shooting boots on, but the way he was able to drop deep, he played an amazing pass at one point, which again, speaking of going under the radar, He's got that in his locker that people perhaps don't yeah. talk about as much. He can drop deep. He, the ball sticks to him. He can turn quickly. He's an he all-round centre-forward. Fantastic. Well, he's he's an all, fantastic. all-round direct positive player, isn't he? Yeah. That's what's really interesting about him as well. I think what's interesting with Spurs at the moment, um, and you see this when a lot of teams are going through a good cycle, is um, there, are, there are so many characters in that, tree, in that team and also the partnerships between those characters. You mm. know when Deli Alli's on the ball, you kind of know what Ericsson and Kane are going to do. And mm. you know other, other teams know that but can't necessarily stop it. But they've got that cohesion, which is which is so, so important. Um, I do have one prediction, uh, which is that Deli Alley will get sent off in the World Cup. Oh, mate. He's either going <laughs> to inspire England to a glory, glory trophy win in, in Russia or he's going to be sent off in the second round for some yeah, pension. Absolutely. And I'll let you decide which one's yeah. more likely. Well, that, that foul on Sanchez is proper. It's not like tactical foul. It's like playground bully. Do you know what I mean? He's just got that kind of dickhead streak in I, it I liked that, that it. comes out sometimes. I like that he did that when the game was won. I, he's, he's got, <laughs> I, I think I did. I thought he's got good intensity. Still, you know, I, I, I didn't think that was too much of a problem. But it, if he goes over the top, I mean, he's obviously going to get sent off for England. That's just how it works. Yeah. Well, Mourinho's hatchet man came on the pitch for about seven minutes. Yeah. And I, he was subbed what? off Marouane Flanny because he had a, he definitely had <laughs> an <laughs> injury. He had an injury. It's a really Ooh. bad one. This yeah. is not Mourinho being weird. He yeah. had an injury. <laughs> yeah. And off he went. Marcus, I tell you had an injury because um, one thing was I, he's definitely injured because he was still walking around and running around and he wasn't visited by the physio at any point so he definitely had a bad, a bad injury <laughs> yeah. I don't even need to see the Straight physio off, yeah. I know how bad yeah. it is talking about, them, though, talking about that though aren't we yeah. talking yeah. about that instead well, of how insipid they were well, I think we, we got there in the end I mean Luke did have a good old chat about how good Spurs were there so we didn't uh, get too sidetracked and, and, yeah we win Jose it, is, <laughs> it, is, it probably is a concern for United because what they've got a bully for manager no well yeah that, that is <laughs> <laughs> just, that, just that when it comes to playing like really big games, they're not able to, 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 to. I mean, we talked about it in the, in the Manchester derby. They're not able to sort of impose their style at all. Mm. Well, they're still second in the league. They are, and, and uh, that's and that's odd because I think five points above Spurs. They, I think United are essentially a team of individuals at the moment, and I, mm. I'd be surprised if, if anyone who, who sees them every week would disagree with that. Um, the Fellaini thing was was bizarre and someone said to me oh yeah no he definitely was in you because he limped out through the mix zone after the game I'm thinking if I've been humiliated like that mm. I'll be limping I'll be, <laughs> yeah. I'd, have, I'd have a gurney <laughs> look how bad it is there's no way I could have continued 
Yeah, well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll take Mourinho at his word. No, we won't. No, we won't. How is it covered on the TV? What did you make of it? I... But I just it was questionable. Hence the questions were asked, mm, yeah. and Mourinho therefore had to answer it. If it was obvious that he was injured, then nobody would say, "Oh, that's a shame. He's been taken off through injury." That's why we, we, we're talking about this now. But <laughs> that's, that's the official line. The Spurs, is, Spurs are eight to line. eight to eleven with Bet three six five to finish in the top four this season. Ten pound returns, seventeen twenty seven, including stake. Uh, should they get back in there? Here's a stat for you, uh, chaps. Uh, Manchester United's defeat to Spurs last night, according to Opta ended Paul Pogba's 36-match unbeaten run as a Premier League player, uh, a run that spanned over 450 days. Mm. Impressive. Yeah, very good. But yeah, so obviously matches, because he wasn't playing against Man City. Yeah, exactly. You, know, yeah. you, you suddenly yeah. go to pinpoint a few of them, you go, oh, yeah, he wasn't yeah, playing there. That's right. Um, but despite Spurs' win, they, they are fifth at Chelsea and Liverpool, two points ahead of them. Uh, they play Liverpool, of course, who had a good away win to Huddersfield to get themselves back on the wagon. And uh, we, we had a moment, didn't we? Now, a little bit different because they were 2-0 up and they were going to win the game. But Mo Salah took the ball off James Milner for the penalty, mm. but scored. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so he can be achieved. That's 20 Premier League goals now, isn't it, for Salah this season? What a phenomenal return. Amazing. He, um, and, and the next, I mean, you mentioned they're playing Spurs and Liverpool playing each other. The next four games for Spurs are actually really important. Like yeah. Newport after that is a replay. They've got Arsenal course and they play Juve in the, in the Champions League mm. so yeah big ones big, big games times. coming up big games um, coming up Liverpool themselves they won't have Daniel Sturridge to call on for the no. rest of the season because he's yeah, going to West Brom yeah. I think yeah. that's a good move for everyone isn't it yeah agreed yeah, it's, it, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because when you hear about some of the clubs that were interested there was reported interest from Sevilla and Inter mm. and you think oh, he's, you know and then he goes to West Brom he's from the Midlands though isn't he I don't he think is from the Midlands yeah. oh, I understand the move yeah. I understand uh, why you would want to stay where you are family and so on and so forth but you go to the side of the bottom of the Premier League rather than clubs like Inter and, I understand yeah. what you mean I, I think I wonder whether with players and we've seen a lot of English players go overseas something we talk about on the continent quite a bit uh, and it's, it, it, it feels like it might be the start of a bit of a movement. But I do think some of the senior pros maybe have a bit of, um, if we're out of sight, we're out of mind. And, well, especially and, yeah. World Cup. Yeah, and it's a World Cup yeah. year. So. And who doesn't want to work for pards? Also, <laughs> as well, it, with the, the, the weird nature of the January transfer window, with everything sort of hotting up in the last three or four days, and uh, before that, a lot of stuff just being rumours swirling around, you're making a decision on your future very, very quickly. So you might want to yeah. do something that's actually a little bit more comfortable and familiar if you've got to make that decision in like, you know, 24 hours. Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder how much longer before that he knew the writing was on the wall, though, and and whether maybe it just took a while for it all to be sort of processed and mm. gone through. And he probably thought, I wouldn't be surprised. For example, I don't know anything about the process in this case, but I wouldn't be surprised if he knew that West Brom would take him. And he thought, right, I'll just leave it to the end of the window and see mm. what else comes along mm. before I go. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to West Brom, but I, I think it's a good move all round. They need goals quite badly. Um, him and Jay Rodriguez up front well, that's the thing isn't it if you see how West Brom played against Liverpool in the FA Cup with Krakowiak, Barry and, um, and Rodriguez mm. they actually did very well yeah. you know, good experience in there and, and, and he, he, he would slot into that quite nicely you'd think well you'd hope so wouldn't you yeah. and could, could he, and, could he and, uh, and, and Rodriguez be the, the starting pair up front for England in the World Cup Marcus doubtful unlikely well, the way you <laughs> talked about Harry Kane earlier oh yeah exactly uh, but, but there we are uh, Swansea have seemingly turned a corner haven't they two but, fantastic results against Liverpool and Arsenal certainly yeah resurgent Swans and there's a lot of positivity about them and you know Leon Britton said this week that you know whenever there's a positive atmosphere at Swansea that's when we achieve things and you know they, they, they did come up as a team that were known for their sort of unity 
community and their planning and they're joined up thinking. And obviously, for various reasons, that's fallen away. Um, it's over more the difficult when you get into the before. Premier League, though. absolutely, and you get your players players picked off. But I mean, that's one of the that's such a huge advantage, isn't it? If if a team suddenly starts, you know, having morale. If you look at Leicester the year before the one that the, they won the league, like mm. when they they just got that team spirit together and just shot up the league with all of those wins. There's always someone who does it. There's always one team that get their act together. And like it, it's they're not just two wins, are they? They're two wins over big sides, that's top right. six sides. So like, those are points that teams like that consider to be bonuses when they're in, in that position. So that is a massive platform and it shows to that squad that they can they can do it. They've got a new manager in that's clearly motivating them and that's they, they couldn't be in better shape given the context, really. And they're absolutely right, spot on, Jim. They've only lost one in eight since uh, Carvajal joined. And that was against Spurs, you know, a game that uh, they wouldn't be expected to win, of course. And, and Andre Ayew has returned to Swansea mm. uh, for £18 million mm. from West Ham, joining up with his brother. And Bonnie. And Bonnie. Yeah, get, get me too back. Well, get, uh, get Lee Trundle back. <laughs> Lee Trundle. <laughs> Lovely to hear him get a mention. We, we, talk, we talked about Carvajal coming in, and, and I think I said that um, he can improve them, because he probably will improve them, because they're not very good. But you wonder if he can improve them enough. And I know they'll be on a good run. And we, we see new manager bounces all the time. It's very, very tight down the bottom of the Premier League. It I really mean, is. Almost like it shouldn't go unsaid that there's something like, let me just look at it now, there's there's eight points separating the bottom 11 teams. Yeah. So Bournemouth, who had an amazing win, which we'll come on to, um, they're in 10th. Well, Swansea they're are, only five points off relegation. Swansea are a win away from 13th. Yeah. And they're in 19th. You so know, that, that, who that knows what, how it's going to go. Just, yeah. just a good job that Swansea do sign African players. Yes, indeed. After yes. West Ham's comments this week. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think of a more destructive sentence Anyone associated with the club could have said he could have included another continent in there. That would have been <laughs> well, more just destructive. Said everyone yeah. apart from Europe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see that he's been obviously suspended pending an investigation, mm. and um, and said it was club policy as well, yeah. which I quite like. Check, Ooh, wow, um, Kiate posted the Instagram post today uh, in his Bentley, um, <laughs> doing a doing a doing a, uh, a gun to the camera or whatever, giving it, give it the thumbs up, whatever it was, saying they're proud to be African, which I quite like. Oh, nice. But Swansea are evens. Going back to Swansea, they are evens with Bet365 to be relegated come May. So £10 returns, £20 including stake, should they drop through that dreaded trap door. They're up against Leicester next, mm-hmm. who uh, nearly sold Riyad Mahrez to Man City. He nearly went. Yeah. When is he going to go? <laughs> I really feel for him. There's been a lot of reports about his his mood and how depressed he is. And it's like, where are they getting this insight into how an individual <laughs> feels? Like, do you remember what, like... Big Brother used to have like a like an armchair psychologist yeah, that would yeah, like yeah. analyse how the housemates were feeling. Yeah. That, that's where this is going. There'll be one of them on like, like the fourth co-commentator. Well, we can't lip-read anymore because everyone covers their hand. Uh, the yeah. great thing about it is, right, I imagine clubs have some sort of like sports psychologist, yeah. essentially a doctor, right? The only person who's going to know how bad he's feeling is probably him. Yeah. That's, that's patient, that? uh, Dr. Patient Privilege. So, yeah. <laughs> Your therapist leaking to the press. Do you want to go as well? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go to Man City? Because you're being unprofessional here. Is that how easy it is, the doctor, the, 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 the therapist comes out? How's he feeling? He's a bit depressed. Yeah. Is that yeah, it? Is yeah. that how you how, just how, tickle him under the arm and he'll give you all the information you need? How, yeah. <laughs> how do, I was actually very pleased that City didn't sign Mares. Well, he's like a hangnail. Well, the Mares to City story, the Mares to it everywhere. It's like a hangnail. Well, a bit, just go. Just I, fall off. Bit, I don't want him to go. I'm <laughs> glad they, as Pep Guardiola said, he was proud of those um, the directors at Man City because they didn't uh, you know, go for the sort of 95 million or whatever. Mm. Lester, because Man City, they can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot afford it. They couldn't afford Sanchez. And, 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 and so, f- crying out loud, thankfully, a little bit of financial <laughs> yeah. integrity. It was really unfortunate for Man City that um, transfer deadline day fell the day before payday. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it had been next week, I could, we could have done it. We could yeah. have done it. Yeah. I know. And they've, they've got their money from very um, responsible sources and so on. Um, yeah. And I mean, like certain clubs have gone around massively inflating the market. So you get, <laughs> 
You <laughs> feel for C, don't you? On, on, you a, really on, do. on a semi-serious note, though, Go on. I mean, Guardiola got, made his reputation for playing brilliant football at Barcelona when he came in in 2008, and we all know the story. And he made some quite interesting statements about how he liked to play and how he liked to bring players through and all the rest of it. Mm. Now, of course, I understand situations change. We're 10 years on from that. But to me... City, the one thing that the City owners have done is invested quite a lot in the infrastructure, the academy and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing these exciting young players come through. Phil Foden, who I know I think, I think is injured at the moment. Mm-hmm. But what sort of message does it send to those players when they've got so many good players already and they get think, oh, well, we've just lost Leroy Sane for probably a couple of months. Mm. We're going to go and spend 55 million on Riyad Mahrez to yeah. fill the gap. It's like, what chance has that kid who you've invested in for however many years it's been since you've been owning the club to get through and come and play, if that's what you're going to do, to me, I think it's I think it's an absolute shambles. They sh- they sh- there should be some responsibility about about playing some of these young players you've invested in over the years. Well, especially well, especially because um, uh, the manager Pep Guardiola has a reputation for improving even the 50 million players. Definitely, yeah. improve yeah. the young players, and you'll make 50 million. Well, to be, to be to be better, um, to be to be to be more balanced about Guardiola, one thing he has done, which has been very impressive, is he's 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 almost. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I would wager that he's he's lowered the average age of the squad mm. without losing any quality. Yeah. So look at the players he's moved on, like Zabaleta and you know one or two others. The players he's brought in, they're all they're all quite young. Yeah. So there's a good argument to say over the next season and the season after that they're going actually going to be even better. It just it just I know you I know you're dishing out sort of speeding tickets at the Formula One saying this, but it would just be nice to have a little sliver of like a. Oh, they're going to play some young players as well, actually. Yeah. They've, they've been unlucky with injuries, so they're going to play some of these young players. I'd like to see that happen. Well, they've more. been given a chance to um, Alexander Zinchenko, and I thought what was interesting with him was a couple of weeks ago, Guardiola had him on media duty, which is interesting. He's only mm. 21 years old. Um, and he, I love it. His position is attacking midfielder slash fullback, which is so, <laughs> so Guardiola. Doesn't Guardiola think of every player like that, though? Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. <laughs> That's but fantastic. I, it's interesting that he put... I really found it interesting that he put him on the interviews, maybe to get him feeling part of the setup and feeling like mm. his voice and his position is valid. Mm. Um, so there's a little bit of that but I know what you mean it's um, maybe, clearly maybe he's just putting all the youth players on media training that's all they're doing yeah. you're doing the YouTube stuff because you're good at that kids <laughs> yeah. we'll play the football yeah who's on Snapchat today <laughs> it's once, like us on Twitter once, yeah. once they mathematically <laughs> win the league it'd be great if they just played academy players the whole time yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. absolutely right um, let's have some correspondence with Petey you can have some correspondence with Petey if that's right are you ready Pete yeah. are you, are you in the slips, ground in the slips. Me, mate. In front, 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 mate. Once more, uh, the good evening, Ramblers. Uh, this is from. It's a rather long email, so I've just got to scroll down. Danny Smith in Yapton. Hello, Danny. West is, that, Sussex. is that a place? Yapton. 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 I think that was the opening um, uh, area of Grand Theft Auto Four. Okay. Uh, what, a, what a piece of knowledge. <laughs> First time emailer, so go easy. The following anecdote isn't especially relevant to current topics. That's never stopped anyone before. Let's make Ooh. that very clear. Uh, a few years ago, I was waiting at Heathrow Airport for a lift home. Uh, the agreed meetup point for no particular reason was next to a Turkish Airlines check-in desk stand. Due to the fact that everyone had checked in for the next Turkish Airlines flight, the desk was empty except for uh, one uh, female employee of said company, presumably of Turkish origin. A gentleman approached the stand in a dodgy-looking full-length trench coat and barked at the aforementioned check-in assistant. I know I'm late, but I've got bu- I've got myself booked on a seat in the flight. I don't have my ticket on me. That's okay. If I can get your uh, passport, I can search you that way. I've forgotten my passport as well. Is it you? 
Uh, I looked round at this shifty-looking mature gent. Uh, Basically, he's asking to get on a flight without any ID. No ticket, no passport. No ticket. I must remember this. My my interest in the saga reached its height when he barked out the tragic celebrity phrase, don't you know who I am? I am one of the most famous men in Turkey. So it was you then, Pete? And gestured (laughs) to his face. I'm a little bit more Eastern. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Uh, The blank look on the now three colleagues' face was priceless. To put them out of his misery, he used the phrase, I will never forget... The name's Toshak John Toshak. Yeah, Lovely. Oh, I, do, I wasn't going to get that. <laughs> yeah, he he didn't board the plane and no. uh, he footed uh, across the terminal in, in a diva-like tantrum. Wow. Yeah. So I go. love that he bondifies his name as well. That's brilliant. <laughs> but the thing is, how, how in Toshak's case, and I understand he probably is a bit of a legend in, in yeah. Turkey and all that kind of stuff. Even if the airline agrees to let you on, what are you going to do when you get in the circle with no passport? <laughs> yeah. Well, well you probably you yourself of people be- knowing who you yeah, are. But you're allowing yourself being so famous, they just wave well, you through. I tell you what they do in, in, in the States is that uh, a, a friend of mine was travelling from Canada to um, the United States and he flushed, through, his, flushed his passport on the left. He left the his passport somewhere after right. getting through. Yeah. And then got through the other side and was like, oh my goodness, you know, this is a bit of a this yeah. is a bit of a pickle. And the they took him into into the room. And the first question they asked him was, sir, have you eaten your passport? Wow. And he thought, how often does that happen? Yeah. That that's the first question. I how, mean, the food how... on board was bad, but I wasn't that hungry. <laughs> that's, that's what they asked him, yeah. But it, Get that it, little it, pat of butter, just spreading it on the passport <laughs> and so it do, down. do you think I'm a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Avi has come in uh, with a little... Avi. Um, <laughs> Uncle actually, Avi. I think Avi might have uh, DM'd... He might have slid in my DMs with this as well. He's very keen to get this on the show. Uh, cool stat, everyone, going on about uh, Mkhitaryan and uh, Bama Yang's uh, partnership. But in their three seasons together, at Dortmund, uh, Mickey assisted only five goals for Aubameyang. Mm. Or Aubameyang. Aubameyang. Welcome to the future. Any running, that's Ooh, what. Um, Chris, concerned from Auckland. <laughs> Hello, Chris, concerned from Auckland. A CCA, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that like Jan Venninger of Hesseling? <laughs> so maybe. Uh, evening Ramblers. Uh, during the Stoke versus Watford game, core commentator Gary Bertles said the sentence, there's a rock band called Enter Shakiri. Enter Sh- no, wait. This is what he says. Enter Shakiri. No, okay. And Shakiri has been rocking for the last 10 minutes. I just thought you would know. Wow. That's oh, nice. Enough. Enter Shakari, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's massively sorry. wrong. To be fair to Bertos, who I know for a fact is a complete penis. Um, <laughs> can I say that? Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's done all right there, I think. Yeah, he's well, done all right. I've heard worse. There's a band called The Bertles. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. they did that song, uh, so, so Happy Together. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, but you yeah, pulled about round. Just mind. about. Uh, right, final one uh, from LA, California. Chris oh, Tindall. Hello, Chris. Uh, evening ramble. Uh, another evening ramble, because time zones. Uh, yeah. On Mondays, having a giraffe review show, I uh, remember PED, that's me, mentioning something about certain players being worth their weight in goal. This got me thinking, with the explosion in transfer fees over the years, is this phrase even relevant anymore? Well, no. Here it is. The price of gold is uh, roughly, well, just over $1,000. Pounds, uh, sorry, ounces in a pound at 16. Average player weight, 170 pounds. Doing the math, it (laughs) roughly works out as uh, as, uh, 3.5 million, basically. 3.5 million uh, for a a player. Um, So it might be considered insulting to call a player worth their weight in gold. Um, for reference, the four million transfer barrier was broken in the early 1980s when Diego Maradona moved from Boca Juniors to Barcelona. So Diego Maradona was the first player to be worth his weight in gold. Oh, and I think so that's fair to play. Isn't that amazing? Um, and so it should be worth their weight in plutonium because that's much more 
uh, valuable. Bitcoin. We can't be chucking. We can't be chucking plutonium around footballers. No, no, no that's dangerous. Way. No, yeah. it's very. Dangerous. Think of the half life. <laughs> yeah, Think of the half life, guys. It's oh. a short career anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh. Bitcoin would be probably yeah maybe maybe nearer the mark. Well, he, he suggests just modifying knows? the original phrase to be worth their weight times ten in gold, the, the, which yeah. is just clunky. But the yeah. great thing about Bitcoin is I'm absolutely convinced that no human being on the planet actually knows anything about it. So yeah. anything you say may well be true. I'm obsessed mm. with uh, launching Ramble Coin. I bought yes, some. I bought some Ethereum, as you know. You keep talking about Ethereum. Yeah. I want some Dogecoin. It's a bubble. Grow up. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just Ethereum. Just want to be a part of You're it. You're going to be selling your shirts. <laughs> apparently, um, apparently, a, a, a full um, memory stick weighs more than an empty one. So data does have a weight. So maybe right. Bitcoin is the is oh, the way to measure this in the future. We're going to need a break to get our heads around. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. I'm not Jim. Let's have If I had 99 more England caps, I'd have had 100. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, previously sponsored by Bet365. Arsenal, they've had an interesting week, interesting As month, ever. you could say. Lost to Swansea. Uh, been active in the window. They had a 12 million bid for Johnny Evans, laughed at by West Brom. Yeah. I've put another rank coming on, so I'll just let you get on with it, Jim. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll just sit here stewing for a bit. <laughs> well, do, do you want to comment you, on that? You get, your, you get your pose ready. Yeah, I will, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the initial thing is the John, Johnny Evans thing. That one passed me by, to be honest, because there was David Luiz links going on that I was scratching my head about. Oh, that would um, be good. Yeah, so... Um, that was a trick that Newcastle pulled last time. They were going, oh, yeah, we're for David Luiz. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, you weren't in for Kevin Gamero. You're not in for goddamn David well, Luiz. I'm detecting a bit of a theme with Pete's opinion on Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. I was quite quiet during the Newcastle special as well. <laughs> yeah, what I loved were. about the Johnny Evans thing is that uh, Johnny Evans uh, was subject to a move, perhaps from Manchester City before mm. they obviously um, brought in Laporte so that wasn't going to happen and he was a little bit interested and Arsenal thought to himself oh yeah 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 that's a, that's a good idea a solid Premier League defender we could do with one mm. of those okay Arsenal they're maybe going to get a centre half people are saying that they need one <laughs> it's all building up nicely 12 million I'll piss off yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also I think the problem at this point though is that the, the personnel aren't really the problem you can you can see that Arsenal's formation at the moment seems to be five at the back five up front see what happens hope yeah. it'll be alright throw enough <laughs> new players at it and Ursel, that's the new contract. Thing. yeah well that, that, that's encouraging, despite the huge wages that might sort of destabilise the uh, harmony in the squad. But that's a, a different point. So, you know, Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang on paper, p- potentially good signings, who knows. But the problem is, Arsenal are sixth in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah. Deservedly so. Looking for over a the number, Absolutely, for a number of reasons that have not been even remotely addressed with these signings. Like, the, the, nothing has really changed point. about the makeup of the squad that yeah. makes me think they're going to shoot up the table now and, 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 you know, and make a sort of legitimate push for, for the top four. You can't be... I mean, Arsenal lose to Swansea away seemingly every other week, but, you know, <laughs> you, you can't be doing that if that's what your aim is. And I, I don't really see anything in this squad now. Um, obviously, you know, they've had to sort of sign players on the hoof to react to what's happening but I don't see anything about the surgery that's been done to the squad that that really changes it yeah Mm. it's funny with Arsenal because I feel that compared to a few seasons ago I don't know if this is right but in my head they 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 seem better against the bigger sides 
they, they got a draw against Chelsea recently. Okay, oh, you mean currently? Yeah, currently yeah, yeah. at the moment. I'm, I'm not saying that they are. Obviously, they are in sixth for a reason. But they seem to be, especially in the cups, we've seen them beat the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City, beating or at least uh, performing better and getting draws against against sides in, in previous seasons they may well have lost to. But it's the results against the smaller sides, as you say, that when yeah. they go away to Swansea, Swansea think, oh, we're playing Arsenal, we've got a chance, you know. And and they look, look to look at them in sixth, they're going to finish in even the top five. I mean, we're talking Europa League now, the mm. six points off Spurs. Now, Spurs just played brilliantly, as Luke talked about earlier. Chelsea in fourth. Now, Chelsea had an absolute nightmare against Bournemouth. We'll yeah. talk about that in a short while. Chelsea strengthened by Arsenal, by the way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then you look at uh, Liverpool, who have got performances in them, and then the two Manchester clubs will, will definitely finish. In, in... I mean, there has, been, there, have been play, there has been occasion this season where Arsenal have been beaten badly by good teams. I mean, they're beaten fairly handsomely by Man City. They're beaten ham- hammered by Liverpool. Yeah, and they lost, they lost to um, United as well, didn't they, at home. So, well, they drew with Liverpool, three all. Uh, they also got beaten by them, didn't they? Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, really early on at Anfield. For sure, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I take the point. I do take yeah. the point. For me, it's an abysmal window. It's an abysmal, abysmal transfer window from Arsenal. Mm. I, I cannot fathom for any moment why they've allowed Giroud to go to Chelsea. Yeah, uh, that I can't, frustrates I me. The, they, they, well, just, just for once, I didn't interrupt you. For once, like for the, the, the worst week of all time, I interrupt you. Let me get this across really quickly. The, the very, I understand they need to balance the wage bill. I understand they need to balance the books. The very idea they need to move Giroud on in this window um, for for financial fair play reasons is, is a nonsense. And the idea that they they say, "Oh, thank you for your great service. You can now go and strengthen our direct rival." It's an absolute joke. Yeah. I just sat him down and said, "You don't want to be here. That's fine." You're not playing enough games. That's fine. You're a good player. It's a World Cup year. You're well within your rights to say you want to play football. You're not fucking going to Chelsea. Mm. Forget it. Get it out of your head. Go wherever you want. You're not going there. Mm. Um, otherwise, you can stay and play with us till the summer. The only reason I can think that that, um, that wouldn't have been the case uh, is that he simply had to go for Batchway to go to Dortmund for Dortmund to sell Aubameyang and they, they must have just had their, their hand forced which is always the case with Arsenal they're, they're so reactive in the transfer market so yeah. bad at it that they, they always come out badly you know, they always get and, sort of bested thing, by someone else in terms of the negotiations I do, I do sort of half-ease at that point but Aubameyang's not a player they need anyway no, well, he's no. not what they need. Well, he's, an, he's, he's a strange sort of replacement for Sanchez, isn't he? And again, it's reactive. It's, it's what was available. And I guess it's from Sven Mislintat having sort of worked at Dortmund before. So he's got those links who can bring in a player of that, you know, supposed calibre. We'll, well, we'll see. Wenger's wanted him for a long time. Yeah. And they haven't been able to get it over the, over the line. Now this guy's in. He can, mm. he can actually do it. They've, they've done it. I think... I think uh, Andy Bruss was talking about opportunism uh, in the transfer window in the uh, on the continent show, and I think that is just one of the things. He was available; they had to go for it, and they got it at you know a, a pretty huge price. Yeah. But but the Mislin Tat thing, Pete, like, and you are right. But the Mislin Tat thing, it's a great link. Great. Well, go and buy the fucking best defender then. Well, because yeah. that, that's that, what you uh, need. Yeah. As, well, is will Aubameyang not improve that team though? Well, it's, it's impossible to say at this stage, isn't it? And I think he, I think he, I think he, personally, I think he's people, trouble. people, people are writing him off, writing him off. With any other manager, I would sort of say it wouldn't be that much of a problem. But I think, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um, players do run rings around Arsene Wenger too often. One thing Arsenal definitely need is freshness. So that if you're going to put a positive spin on it, that's that, that's certainly arriving. So hopefully that will work out. Like still positive in his sense. first season. Well, oh, quite absolutely. But even so, that's how bad things have got. Po- you know, mostly because of the Sanchez drama. Uh, but also, I mean, this has been said in a lot of places, like across sort of. The, you know the Arsenal um, enclaves of the internet, but just be bastards. String Chelsea along, make them think they're going to get Giroud, and then just go nah. Yeah, see you later. Because that's what happens to them. Yeah, Denver Bar was an example of this happening it, it, the other way around a few I, years ago. I would, now. I would. I mean, 
I don't want to come. We can talk about this all day because Arsenal mm. are such an interesting club in terms of what's going on. But you know, Alexis Sanchez. It was almost just like, right, he's definitely going to go to City or United and Arsenal are fine with that, so it's going to happen. Mm. Like, like you say, be a, be a bastard, be a bastard. For however much he went for, £20 million, pound, as, as, as egregious as it is to say, in modern football, £20 million is not really here nor there. Mm. I mean... Well, they've say, got that in from Walcott. Say you're staying, no, you're staying until the summer. You're yeah. going to go on a free. Forget it. You're not, I'm not strengthening. We you're are not, not a team who strengthen a rival team. Absolutely. And if you look behind... Two of them. If you look behind... Well, it's actually three, because if you look behind us, so they've let Theo Walcott go to Everton. Well, of course, yeah. So... It's, it's an abysmal window by Arsenal. They've strengthened three of their rivals. They've bought players they don't need, which is then going to have a knock-on effect and affect a player they bought for huge amounts of money last year in Lacazette, who's probably going to be farmed out on the wing uh, or, or isn't going to play at all. He'll, I think, and, and uh, this is partly informed by Andy Brassel on the constant, that Lacazette's got a good chance of moving in the summer because he didn't want to go to Arsenal in the first place. So it's, it's, it's chaos. It's still absolute chaos there. And I don't know how anyone can sell it as a good transfer window when they spent shitloads of money for players they don't need and strengthened their rivals. Paul and yet, give them an ear. And yet, yeah. I concede nothing. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but Everton are, are a colossal nine to one to beat Arsenal on Saturday tea time with Bet three six five. So mm. ten pound will return a hundred pound, including stakes. Should those toffee men block up the Gunners' cannons? Mm. No, which they, I mean, win the game. They have had a weird old window as yeah, well. The Davy Classen thing is interesting. Do you see that? Yeah, he um, he was offered Napoli. Mm. And he, he didn't was. want to go. And, and Allardyce seems uh, rather annoyed at uh, some of the, 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 the toings and throwings in the, in the transfer. I think he well, doesn't like the transfer window at, uh, at all, which well, a lot of managers don't. I read a really interesting thing. Apparently, Napoli are quite difficult to do business with. This has happened to Mauro Icardi in the past as well. And the, the hang-up has been to do with image rights. And apparently, it's because their president, um, Aurelio De Laurentiis, he's a film producer in Italy. So he likes to use club footage like in all kinds of different media. Oh. So that makes the image rights thing really, really complicated. And apparently, this is... This is yeah. Stung them Who a couple of that? times. Uh, I, I read it on a. I think it was a. It was some sort of Everton-based website. Right. I, don't, I don't have the source I to think hand. It was it. I read it on a shoe. Yeah. Somebody'd written it on read a it shoe. In a dream. <laughs> Blimey, that, that is quite strange. Um, Adam Ola Luckman. He's gone to Red Bull or RB Leipzig. Luckman. <laughs> and he um, he wanted to go to Germany rather than than stay in Britain. And Sam Allardyce said he couldn't understand what with the difference in culture and, and footballing styles. And he cited the example of Oliver Burke, who plays for West Brom now, who played for RB Leipzig and said, well, he couldn't wait to get away there. Now, I think I don't want to do Allardyce too much of a disservice because I do understand a little bit what he's saying, that if you went to another side, you could definitely get minutes and so on. And maybe at RB Leipzig, you might struggle. But in another sense, to take some of the quotes in isolation. Brexit means Brexit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Germany is the best city. <laughs> that's not even... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That city is the best city. Yeah. Have you, had a, have you had a blow to the head? <laughs> <laughs> Leipzig is great. I think it's great that we're seeing lots of young players going overseas to uh, to um, to get experience. Mm. And Allardyce, to be frank, I mean, he's not going to be at Everton long-term anyway, so that's partly informing his thinking, I'm sure. But Allardyce should be pleased that, um, that Lookman's going to get over there, get some different experiences. Mm, yeah. What's he? I mean, other than he's going to get... I suppose a valued amount of first team experience at somewhere like West Brom, you'd imagine. Mm. He's not really going to learn an awful lot, I don't think. And mm. I think if he well, goes, but Allardyce is arguing you're not going to learn much in Germany. Well, he's, I think he, he will, will though. But he's arguing, isn't he, that you, what you're going to learn is going to be very different and irrelevant to the Premier League. And he's he's looking at his own, as you say, probably quite short term future. So he's like, well, there's nothing in this for me. I mean, yeah. like Jaden Sancho is doing clearly doing well at Dortmund. I've, I've seen him um, a few times this season, um, looking excellent for them. So it's it's not like you know players can't go out there and play and thrive. Yeah. Also West about... Brom is the best city. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there it is. Um, I think I think it's also about the per- the person though, right? So mm. you 
develop experience as an individual as a human being going overseas and living somewhere else and maybe getting a bit of perspective and you'll, you'll learn that Germany do things slightly differently in a number of different ways and that's and that's important important stuff Very can't get right. a decent fry up though that is, probably that probably true, not yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the good news can you, Everton, get a, you do better sausages can you true. get a pint of carling yeah <laughs> the good news for Everton and dare I suggest England is that Theo Walcott's back in business yeah he looked great I mean you know, I said I, I thought he'd do well for Everton and the school goals and actually you know it's it was really good to see Seamus Coleman back and Allardyce was sort of singing the praises of both of those players down that right-hand side. And, you know, um, Rooney really pushed for Walcott, didn't he? And he you did. can see there's a bit of a bit of a bond there. So that's good. And, and Sigurdsson looks like he's really come to life as well. So, I mean, they also brought in um, Mangala, didn't they? And yeah. they, they tried to slip out, ship out class and Sandra Ramirez has gone. So, like, I mean, I think they've had a really good window. I think they've no, done, think they've done right. there. Sam with money is fun, isn't it? It's weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Um, let us move on to the performance of the week, you could argue. Bournemouth at Stamford Bridge. My goodness, 3-0. One of the results of the season. I personally Incredible. Found, I personally found it quite... I'd, I'd be interested in Chelsea's um, Chelsea fans' um, experience and, and attitude towards this and, and this idea that Chelsea don't play any young players, they, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And then that Bournemouth's opening goal was... You know, involving two sort of youngish English players, just tearing it up with mm-hmm. um, with Wilson mm. and um, Ibe. Ibe, yeah. So, well, and also, you know, the third one. I was about to say the former young players himself. Yeah. And uh, Ake was at Chelsea since sixteen, so I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah. I liked that he didn't have a problem celebrating. No, no, he, he gave it some, and, yeah. you sh- and you shouldn't do. No, not in that situation. You, you've been told that you're surplus to requirements, and you're yeah. not good enough for that team, effectively, and yeah. you go and score against them at home. Uh, at, their, at their stadium, sorry, um, in, in a very location you've been told you're not good enough to feature. Mm. Um, why is, not? It's one of my favourite things to watch that on um, on match of the day later. You, you know the result, you, you know what's happened in the game, and you start watching the match, and the bigger and better side are at home, and they're just kind of going through the motions. They missed, missed a couple of chances and whatnot. They're looking on top, and the fans, it just all looks like it's going to pan out as it would normally do. And then suddenly the goals start going on up the other end of the second half, and you think, hello, mm. this is fantastic yeah. to watch. And there were moments of quality. They really were. The, the, way, um, the way Wilson worked with Ibe in the, for the first go, great moment of quality mm. to, to slot that one. It was a beautiful goal. Yeah. And then in the second goal, Chelsea defence, I mean, a few questions there, but Stanislas and Wilson, the finish wasn't too brilliant, but it went in. And again, lovely little movements from, from Bournemouth. And the confidence they got from that was just fantastic. It was fantastic, and It's a it? great win for them. They're up in 10th now, five points above the relegation zone, you know. And they've turned it around. I mean, they had a terrible run in December. And I mean that in, in more so the teams they were playing against. Obviously, the results weren't great, but it's understandable. They lost to Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City in a row. Since then, they haven't lost in the league. Six matches. They're in a little bit of a uh, little bit of patch of form and they're up at home to Stoke City, a fellow uh, sort of, I suppose, struggler, you would call them yeah. at the moment. Good times for Bournemouth. If they can get a win there, it's a huge one. Definitely. They've been on a good run. It's worth considering what this all this means for Chelsea because they're quite a difficult team to work out at the moment. They, they yeah. went through that period of not being able to score goals. They had that situation where they played Norwich um, and um, and a couple of men sent off and they looked a little bit um, unfocused and a little bit petulant. And they smashed Brighton. Yeah. They, have a, they have a good win against um, against um, Newcastle as well. But before that, they get beaten by, by Arsenal, of course. And they get beaten at home by Bournemouth. It's, it's almost indicative of the chaos that we're, we're mm. led to believe is happening with Conte behind the scenes, who isn't expected to be there beyond the summer. They go away to Watford next, and they play West Brom. Two winnable games. Yeah. But I, it wasn't too long ago we were t- Chelsea were just nailed onto just 
steamroller those teams yeah, and absolutely. win the Premier League and stuff. So it's, it's changed around very, very quickly. It, it really feels like they, they are looking at this season as a bit of a write-off. They're assuming they'll get in the Champions League. They're, they're almost certain to finish in the top four. Um, and it feels like they're, they're not a very motivated team. They don't know what they're playing towards, especially having come off of a title-winning season and then that absolutely mad season before that. Where they were even flirting with, you know, we were, we, do you remember we were saying, could they go down? Could It, it was getting that bad. <laughs> yeah. like, so they've had seasons where they've really had to sort of pull their socks up and be motivated. And now, you know, maybe it's a bit of a hangover from that. I don't know if they are absolutely nailed off the top four now. I thought they looked like they might push up to second. They're so, but they're, but now, I mean, they're fourth, but they're only two points ahead of Spurs who are playing well. Um, so you never know, they might miss out. But yeah. Bournemouth are now out to 16-1 to one to be relegated after this run they've been on. Um, yeah. I think they're unbeaten in six in the league now, as you alluded uh-huh. to. Um, should they go down £10 with Bet365, we'll return £170, including stake. Yeah, Big one, that. Bournemouth versus Stoke. Mm-hmm. Right. Look forward to that. Right then, Luke, Aaron Moore. What is our best bet with Bet365? Well, we've got a new better in the hot seat. Uh, Richard Simmons, who starts off his email with this. Goals, 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 goals. Standards oh. are slipping. He's, yeah. <laughs> that's seven goals. So that's the best bet with Betsy. No. Uh, he, he says, hi, chaps. Um, hoping I can bring a new better bounce to the hot seat this week uh, with the mouth-watering prospect of two teams competing who are in the top three for shots taken and bottom four for saves made. My best bet is for there to be over three and a half goals in the Liverpool Spurs game. Yeah. Good one, this. Um, <laughs> good shout, Richard. Um, we wish you all the best with that. That, that, Particular eventuality over three and a half goals, so four goals or more is six to four with bet three six five. So fifty pound will return one hundred and twenty five pound, including stake. Uh, all proceeds of which, of course, go to Prostate Cancer UK. You must be over the age of eighteen to gamble, and do gamble responsibly. And for more information on that, go to begambleaware.org. Um, best of luck to you, Richard. Yeah, go on, best Richie. Best of luck. Go on, Richie. Right then. Let's look ahead to the weekend because we've got some fabulous football to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, a few of these just to squeeze in before we go. Um, Peter Below has been in touch on the Facebook. Hello to you, Peter. He says, I'm looking forward to Mara sat on the Leicester bench with slaves written on his face in gold pen. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or he'll score a worldie and remove his shirt to reveal a T-shirt with Pep's face on it. Um, could be both those things, I suppose. I, I, I reckon so. Um, Ben Doohan says, and this one you can empathise with Jim, I'm sure. Uh, ben Doohan says, I'm looking forward to Walcott playing really well at the Emirates. Yep. That's obviously well, going to happen. Destined to happen. mug him off. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'll finish <laughs> this from Marcus, uh, Marcus Theobald, another uh, another Arsenal-themed one. Um, Aubameyang starting on the bench, grabbing a, dra- a dramatic late equaliser, only for Walcott to immediately go up the other end and score the winner. <laughs> Again, it seems like it would happen. All within yeah. the realm of possibility. <laughs> what I expect to happen Goodbye. is at some point Theo Walcott will run the ball out into touch and there'll be a massive cheer around the Emirates, but him to then score as well. Okay, right. <laughs> Look out for that. Listen, Love do not miss that. it. Do Love not miss it. That. Well, thank you ever so much for listening to the Football Ramble Preview Show sponsored by Bet365. I, for one, am looking forward to Theo Walcott getting a hat-trick uh, and uh, any, any more for any more, Jim? Or, or I think he'll score. If you want to dig anyone, I think he's got two. I think he's got two hat tricks. There are a couple of own goals just for fun. There we are. There we are. Thank you for joining me.